Yes. Do you play any mental games? No. Do I? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you know, you're like not mental games. Like, it's here. like, do I the battlefield of the mind? No. Do I? Do I have no, I'm saying like, do you play like mental like keep your mind sharp games? Yeah, dude. I, you know, I was in the chess club. No, I, I get that. I'm talking like daily things. Like I, I do Wordle. No, I see. I'm not a big fan of the trends like that. It's not a trend. It's been going on for years. But Wordle? No, it's a trend. No, cat's into that. I'm not. No, I. Um, I. I, I mean, yes. To short answers, yes. Do I challenge my mind daily? Yeah, that's of what course. I'm talking about. Yeah. No, I'm talking about by an app. No, I don't believe in having having all those apps. <laughs> you're you're like the app guy. I'm like the analog guy. All right, sounds good. Let's jump into the week five of emotional. No, what are we talking about? We're talking about mentally, mentally healthy <laughs> leaders. Let's do this. To Made for More podcast, we're in season two. We're going into episode five today, man. We've had a power pack season so far, so if you've missed any of those episodes, please go back. They build on each other, uh, and we, we believe they're helping people. We're hearing so much great feedback about all of those that are listening and sharing, so thank you guys for sharing. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, but today is episode five, and we're diving in to all things mental, so it's, we're getting into being a mentally healthy leader. And by the way, uh, mental health is a big kind of hot topic these days. So it's a lot of today isn't that, uh, this is a lot more about how we're developing our minds. You know, uh, in an earlier episode, Pastor Aaron shared the idea that we are a mind, soul, and body, and, and we focus a lot on our, our soul and our body, uh, but the mind is so crucial, like how we are handling living in 2023 yep. with all of this information, uh, the, the fact that we can know anything at any moment because of our phones, that we have uh, the, the, the world wide web at our fingertips. And so that's really the direction of today, but I'm super excited. So Yeah, we're going to have a great topic, and uh, we want to get you healthy in every area of your life. So we've talked about spiritual health. We've talked about physical health. We've talked about emotional health. This week, we're talking about mental health. And really, every leader is a learner. And when you stop learning, you stop leading. That's so good. And so I want to help you really figure out that your health in this area is when you, you got to keep challenging your brain. You got to keep your mind sharp. You got to keep absorbing information to make sure that you're staying on the top of your game. You're keeping your sword sharpened, yes. as they said, like so sharpen good. the axe. And uh, I think the whole illustration is, man, you can you can hit you know the tree as much as you want, but until the axe is sharp, that tree's not going to fall, or it might fall, but you're going to have to use a lot more energy for to sure. get it to fall. But if you'll just sharpen your axe for a little bit, then that tree will come down. And the way you sharpen your axe when it comes to your life is you get your mind sharp. Yeah. Our mind is one of the most intricate and faci- fa- saf- I can't even say the word sophisticated, sophisticated part of our body. Yeah. And when your mind is sharp, you're able to actually do way more than you ever thought you could. So we're going to talk about some I- issues that people are facing today when it comes to our mental health, when it comes to our mind not being sharp. And uh, maybe you'll give them the first one. Yeah. So- for sure. So I think uh, the first one is definitely uh, information overload. We are uh, in that world today. We are. Yeah. And and everything from, um, I mean, there's so many sources, right? So yep. we have um, social media. We have even just conversations. Yep. I actually, um, one of uh, kind of the, 
you know, big Christian authors. Uh, he wrote a famous book, Wild at Heart, John Eldridge. Yeah. Uh, he's got a podcast, Wild at Heart, and it's so good. Um, he, he said one thing that I want to say about information overload. The idea of look at the way of Jesus. Now, we're no, we don't live in the society that Jesus did, but we're followers of Jesus. He said that it's actually harmful to know everything in the world that's going on. Absolutely. So, I mean, if we, if we did like just a reverse of the last week, not the last yep. month, year, decade, but within the last week, there's like all of this crisis, all of this new information, all of this stuff. We live in a society where it's not a matter of, of, of when it's, it, or if it's when you have information overload. We have news, we have social media, we have books that we are reading. You know, it's like, there's so much. So how do we handle this? How do well, we break it down? First of all, we got to recognize it's a problem. That's yes. a problem that uh, the stat is that we're, we're hearing 20 to 30,000 words a day. So we're, our mind is bombarded by words. Yes. We're bombarded by the news. I mean, if something happens, uh, an earthquake happened in Turkey uh, a few months ago, and we heard about it within minutes. We knew about it. I mean, minutes. And no other time in the world would that have been a thing. Never. So our life is flooded by this stuff. We're in information overload. Um, the average person spends seven hours and 11 minutes a day looking at a screen. I wow. want you to think about that. And what are you doing when you're looking at that screen? You're absorbing information. You think you're mindlessly scrolling. Mindless scrolling does not exist. Your mind is engaged whether you're engaged or not. You're absorbing that information. You're seeing what your friend ate for dinner. You're seeing your how your other friend got engaged. You're seeing what's going on on the news. You're seeing what's going on in Washington, D.C. And you're absorbing this information uh, even as far back as 10 years ago. They said that Americans in 2011 were taking in five times more information than they did uh, 20 years before that. So in 20 years, we, we've now more than five times the amount of information is going into our life every single day. And by the way, that's worse now than it was in 2011. We're just constantly bombarded. Yes. It's estimated that Americans consume 11.8 hours of information every day. Yeah. Let that sink in. No, for you sure. are overwhelmed with information. We're learning so much about things that don't matter at yeah. all. And we're not actually using it. So we're I think not using any the, of it. Just to look back at that. So the, some of those stats, um, you know, I know some people on, that are listening might love a lot of stats. Some people bypass those. But either way, about a third of our life we're looking, or a third of the day, rather, which yep. turns into our life, we're looking at a screen. And about half the day we're taking in information whether Absolutely. it's a screen or someone. So the idea of like, that's a lot to take in. And it's like, what do we do with it? You know, well, we're not, we're not designed to know so much pointless stuff. Yeah. You don't need to know about all this stuff. I mean, TikTok and Instagram have made it even worse because you're literally just flipping through and you're just absorbing, absorbing, absorbing. And yeah. I'll stop on a video and I'll absorb more pointless information yeah. that I never needed to know. For sure. So our mind is being filled. It's just not being filled with the right stuff yeah. or with stuff that's actually helping move you forward. So for sure. Information overload is real and you got to recognize it. And you got to recognize it's actually damaging because um, you can fill your car's tank with 
substance, mm-hmm. but it's not going to move unless you fill it full of gas. Yeah. <laughs> so just because there's substance doesn't mean it's significant. That's so good. So you've got to realize, man, I, I, I'm learning so much because of what I see on YouTube. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Uh, so information overload's a big one. It's a problem we have to solve. The second problem when it comes to our mental health is our information bias. It's a big one. It's a huge one in our world yeah. today. There's overwhelming studies that have been done from this, especially probably since 2015, 2016 election, definitely into 2018, definitely into COVID, um, into the world today. We're in a post-COVID world now. Misinformation or bias of information is everywhere. So yes. truth is relative based off of your circle right now. You know, it's it's funny. Uh, it's not funny, actually, but the reality of how prevalent this is. Yep. Uh, so I remember we were actually in a meeting um, and it's very sad what's happening in the world. And this is a few months ago uh, when the Ukraine thing happened where, where Russia actually moved in. Yep. And I remember we actually, I physically pulled up, you know, we, we would all know the names, but a few of the big news outlets that are out yep. there. And it was bizarre to see the headlines. Um, the same event. Yep. The same day, the same time, the same release of the article with two very different messages. Absolutely. And that is just one example of the world that we live in, that it is fully polarized. It's completely polarized, and everybody has created truth in their own eyes. This is a damaging thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember one time I was giving um, background on how the Bible is historically, but it's also scientifically accurate. And the Bible is, I mean, we believe it's God's word. I I believe that with all my heart. So if God was involved in it, he would have created it historically, archaeologically, Mm -hmm. scientifically accurate. And I was giving descriptions in the scripture about how the Bible is scientifically accurate. Like, for instance, the Bible says life is in the blood. Well, that's only been known for the last 100, 200 years. George Washington actually died because they drained blood out of him, thinking because his blood is bad. Well, if they would have looked in the scriptures, they would have said, life is in the blood. It's it's the, the mm. fact is there. So I said one, I said how the, the Bible the, uh, says how the, the world is a sphere and it's being hung in the, the it's been hung in there in the, in the universe, um, in space. And the scriptures say how the, the world is, is a round sphere in, in space. And I remember a guy pulled me aside afterwards, and he was a guy, like a major guy in our church. Wow. And he says, well, that's really great, but you know that's wrong because the world is flat. Mm. And I was like, what? I said, Are you're, not, you're kidding me, right? He's like, no. And there's a lot of people in your church that know the real fact that our world is flat. Wow. Now, let me just tell you, the world's not flat. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't care what you think you yeah. is right. The reality is, it's not flat. It's if we, it's anybody that's ever flown or gone on on time zones shows us that. But you can go online, you can get in a circle, you can get in a Facebook group, you can find YouTube videos that'll prove it to you. The yeah. world's flat. You know what was a, an eye opener, and I'm not um, endorsing any of this, but the uh, w- there was a few documentaries that came out like in the middle of COVID. One was the social dilemma, mm-hmm. and, yep. and, yep. and and again it was right. It was almost like a little hard to watch because of how how much truth was in this yep. like almost fictional story, you know, that goes along with the guy who's kind of narrating. Yep. The uh, and, and election seasons have shown that, but I think it's it's beyond just. Um, hot topics like it's i think the big idea which i know we're going to get to some solutions with some of this 
But it's even if you are not going to agree with everyone, the information bias idea, we have to get to a place where we can have good conversations because I feel like in the world that we're living in now, we almost dismiss and there's, there is true like division, you know, like there's totally division The uh, psych psychologists and sociologists are calling it um, echo chambers. You're in an echo chamber where you've now surrounded yourself with people that all believe exactly as you believed. And because of that, you are, you're, you're actually fed. It's false, but you're fed life because I don't know if you've ever been around like a super confrontational person. We have a friend of ours. I know he's pretty confrontational and he'll (laughs) always tell you how you're wrong and like this different thing. And um, a buddy of mine for years and I get away and I'm like exhausted from the guy because I don't want to be around someone that's always telling me how I'm wrong. Yeah. But I could get around someone who believes what I believe, and I'm like, this brings me life. We're, yeah, we're buddies. Awesome. Yeah. Everybody wants to be in an echo chamber For where sure. they're all telling each other, we're right, everybody else is wrong. And what it's done is it's created an us versus them mentality all over the world. So it's now us versus them. It's us versus them. It's Republicans versus Democrats. It's it's Christians versus you know uh, the atheist. It's it's conservative versus progressive. It's it's always it's vaccinated versus unvaccinated. And and what happens is you create this culture where you're so I mean, your mind is so endorsed because of your echo chamber of how you're right that we actually get stuck. Yeah. And I'm telling you. Uh, one of the great things that I've done over the last few years is to get outside, and we'll we'll give you some solutions in a little bit about being mentally healthy, but it's to get outside and really have good, and you mentioned it, good conversations with people who don't believe the way you believe to just go stretch my mind a little bit. Yes. Help me with this. No, I love that. Before we get to the third one, I just want to, on this particular bias, uh, the information bias, is for church leaders and pastors yep. that... Uh, regardless of how many followers you have, you have some type of it. God has given you influence, whether that's over a couple of hundred or over a couple thousand, however many followers you might have on, on any social media platform, just to steward that. Yes. Because it only, it's the click of a button to share another source's site. Yes. And you're making a public stand about a big issue. And, um, and it's very easy. And I've watched, a, and obviously we're not going to call any names, but I, I observe a lot of things. And I just see some influential pastors that almost pigeonhole themselves because they, they march to the beat of this one drum. And I'm okay with that. Like, have value. Like, have, be, yes, you're exactly be, be right. Be value-based, right? You, I'm not asking people to be— And you know who's championing them? Their echo chamber. Y- yes. That's, Their echo yes, chamber exactly. is saying, wow, pastor— and they'll say this phrase, you're finally saying what everybody should be saying. Yes. And you know who's not listening to your post yes. or who's not sitting there and getting their mind changed is the person outside of your echo chamber. Correct. They actually don't even know. That they you're... have no clue you exist because they're in their own <laughs> echo chamber. Yes. That's why Jesus, the Bible says, he went out of his way and found the woman at the well in Samaria. So good. You've got to get out of your echo chamber yes. to realize there's people outside of your circles and um, you know it's the old ad, the old uh, phrase. You know you can make a you can make a point or you can make a difference. Um, and and so so many people are trying to make a point that they don't make a difference anymore. And honestly, I'm with them. I get that because you can be so focused on going. I'm going to make a blanket statement, mm. and statements do not help. What happens is conversations help. Yes. Um, outside of your little circle helps. 
Uh, listen, I mean, there's this culture war after culture war. It really showed up during um, the election and during George Floyd. A lot of that. Uh, what I had to do is I had to get outside of my cultural bias and go, what am I not seeing? Yes, what are my What, what do spots? I need to yeah. learn? I, I mean, there needs to be some training in this that we yeah. we learn some things. I'm, I mean, I, I good, and I, I, this is going to be super controversial, but great. You've, you stuck around to episode number five. <laughs> I mean, I have godly people in our church. That and I won't say who I voted for, but there are godly people in our church who voted for the person that I didn't vote for. Yeah, and who I would consider like as a Christian, can you vote for that person? Hmm. And I remember sitting down with with some of them, going, "I'm not going to pastor you in this moment. I have a lot of opinions. I want you to talk to me yeah. of why you made that decision." And it was mind blowing to me. Wow. I mean, mind blowing to realize that people outside of my echo chamber actually have a way of looking at things that are different than me that's actually not bad. And by the way, you go, well, the Bible says this. You can use the Bible to, to back any one of your points. For sure. And 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 they have, and every denomination does from every from the most conservative to the most liberal. So that's not the solution. The solution is, is what is what is the Spirit doing? How are we learning this thing together? Or have we really looked at the other side? So information bias is a real problem, it is. and it's it is. keeping us from being mentally healthy. Um, and the third one is there's a lot of information without application. Mm. Now, this is huge Yes, because we're absorbing so much, but, I mean, we mentioned it earlier, we're not doing anything with it. Yeah. And the scriptures are clear. we got to be doers of the word, not just hearers. Like, you can't just continue to hear it and not do anything about it. Because the more you absorb and you don't do it, the Bible actually tells us we deceive ourselves. Mm. What, what does that mean? What, what it means is we actually think we're doing it, but we're not doing it. So we've got to change that, and we've yeah. got to stop deceiving ourselves and actually become doers of the information that we are absorbing. Yeah, which I think, you know, the idea of following up, because it's like we, we gather all this information, yep. and we actually don't have the... Again, broad stroke here. The idea that we are holding on to that information isn't even a reality. We're yep. we're getting new information so uh, consistently that we don't even have time to process yes. the information that we've received. And and not to not to because I know people spend a lot of time on the content that they produce. I know you're a content yep. creator. You you actually spend a lot of time on that. Um, people that write books, etc. So I don't I don't want to cheapen it. But we cheapen the value of the content because of the amount of content that we allow. Yep. And so nothing, whereas if you look back at decades past, centuries past, the writings of some of the greats uh, of our societies and of our faith, uh, it's timeless. It's yep. classic. And because of the amount of content that we allow in, we've cheapened the value of content. It's like, what is the timeless classic of our Absolutely. day? Absolutely. Uh, I agree with you. We are in information overload. Uh, we have an overload of information and we have a lack of obedience mm. as our world today. It's we're, we're constantly hearing, we're not doing. And so uh, we got to change that. Yeah. And so I would say when it comes to all of this, the solution for your mental health. And again, what I mean by mental health is the strength, keeping the ax sharpened. How do we keep our mind sharp? It all comes down to this word, and it's intentionality. Yes, that's so good. We got to be intentional about it. You can't just scroll through life. You've got to grow through this thing, 
And so we're going to talk about intentionality. So yes. a couple key questions that I think are important, put them part of your culture, but these are help you with intentionality of training and equipping your mind. And the first one is this, is just what am I intentionally learning? Yes. Like what is it that I'm learning right now? Not not what did I pick up on that TikTok video or, yeah. or what did I see on YouTube the other day? That's good. What am I intentionally learning? And to pause on this one, and <laughs> at the risk of going into our second thing of information bias, um, I, I'm okay with it if yeah, you are. Please. Is what are like because you know you've been leading for a long time. Yep. Your your husband, father, you've been following Jesus for 20 years. Been in full-time ministry yep. for a long, you know, over, you know, going on to your second decade, like all of these things, what would you say is like a baseline of some of this being, what have you been intentional about in the different categories? Well, absolutely. I think a lot of it is you've got these six areas of, um, of healthy leaders and you need to be intentionally. So, you know, the brain health is, you know, you want to be wise in your brain. That's one of them. So you want to learn about that. How do you sharpen your mind? Okay, great. That's one. But you need to be intentional about all of them. Are you intentionally stretching your mind spiritually? Yeah. So I'm going to read books that stretch my mind spiritually. I'm going to read The Pursuit of God and yes. Secrets of the Secret Place. And I mean, you're going to get into things that go, um, I mean, I, every two to three years, I'll read Why Revival Terry's by Linda yes. Ravenhill. I want to have those and, moments. And just to pause, because yeah. those, those three books, uh, you know, unfortunately, those are in an information bias, right? They so are, some of course. some people that haven't heard of those. Those aren't books that were written by the who's who of the last year or two's church no. growth experts. Those are classics that have lasted for decades. Yep. And I think that's where we, from, and I know we're talking theologically just for a moment, like, I love all the pastors that are doing an extremely great job of advancing the kingdom in 2023. Yes. I will read their books. I'm going to subscribe to their stuff. I think they're doing a great job. But let's not forsake the guys that in the the last century, in the last several decades. Absolutely. Those are classics. And those are – we actually, as our campus pastors, just read – uh, the Pursuit of God over the last couple of weeks. We're always reading a book together. We're currently reading The Tale of Three Kings. But The Pursuit of God, we have, so we have uh, seven location pastors. Mm-hmm. And there were, I think, two or three that had read, you know, they kind of came through our culture yep. in, in our youth ministry days and different things. So they had read it. We had a bunch of guys that were new to it. What was crazy is A.W. Tozer wrote that book in the, the hustle and bustle of like the mid 20th century in Chicago. Yep. But the things he was saying in his book, they were like, it's like he wrote it in 2023. And what it did was it set a baseline. It was good information versus just looking at all the YouTube clips of our current day. It was a timeless classic that has been tested. And And, I I would say this is I'm all about getting to the classics. Also get to the classics that are outside of your group. Yes, because I, I did that during my doctorate. That's good. My doctorate, they had me reading um, guys that were Reformed guys, Presbyterian guys. Um, we read some old uh, church fathers that were Catholic bishops, wow. I mean, Catholic popes and stuff. And I'm sitting there reading this stuff and thinking, there was so much truth in there that I didn't wow. know about. Yeah. So again, you're you're going to be intentional about going, what am I learning in every one of these areas? And we can run through it real quick. I mean, you're talking about when it comes to your emotional health. And there was books I read on emotional, healthy spirituality and ho- emotional, healthy leadership mm-hmm. and making sure that, uh, you know, am I am I people smart? Am I self-aware? We did a whole study with our staff on being self-aware. And again, it's intentional 
learning this subject when it comes to your mind when it comes to the subjects when it comes to your 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 body and physical fitness again watch some youtube videos great are you reading are you studying are you intentionally stretching yourself when it comes to that area finances is another huge one that people deal with social stuff so i want to just be intentional about this thing um i always want to be intentional about theologically am i growing uh when it comes to business um, right now, I mean, I, I just finished a, a business book just because I realized I'm like, we're, you know, the church is not a business, but at the same time, there's a business it's a, aspect yeah, it's of it. There's an organization. There's yeah. an organization. And I was like, I want to do this thing well. Yeah. I am called to be a good steward of this of this organization. So I read a, a business book um, a few months ago, and it really stretched me on how to do this thing. I'm like, yeah. just be intentional about growing and about learning and yeah. going, what am I learning right now? Which, by the way, that's a great phrase to implement part of your culture is you just always asking yourself, wait, what are you learning right now? What are now? you learning? Which I want to give a quick helpful tip before we go to the next thing is because uh, I was pro-physical book for a long time, almost yep. anti-audible. I'm a big podcast guy, but I almost had information overload where I wasn't yes. retaining anything. So here's my new strategy is that I listen to every – the first time I listen to or go to a new book, I'm going to listen to it on Audible. And right. the thing is, is Audible, I'm going to be doing something. I'm going to catch it. I'm yep. not. And if it's if it's a good enough book, then I will buy the physical copy and read it. Um, and so there's a lot of books that are good and they're worth listening to. But there's a lot of books that you need to listen to and realize how valuable they are. And you need to buy it. And you actually need to go through it. Because we live in a world where you can physically reading, like something that you touch and feel. I don't want to sound like an old dude that's like aging out, but there's something to that. There is something to so it. So just helpful tip, li listen to it on Audible first. If it's memorable enough, buy it and like that's underline great. it, like put it on the bookshelf and go back to it. That's great. Here, here's the second question to ask yourself, and it just goes back to our main topic of the whole day is, am I intentionally learning outside of my bias? That's good. So you're just asking yourself like, okay, that's the third book in a row that you've read from um, a group of people that are all part of Turning Point yeah. USA. Okay, yeah. we got it. You got it. You, you're anti-woke. I get it. So <laughs> you, you, you've, you've learned that. Yeah. Have you looked at anything outside of that yet? So, And I'm, I'm all about learn all about stuff that, that you're passionate about. Just get outside your bias. Stretch your mind. Um, read some things that are going to challenge you. Um, study some things that are going to challenge you. I'll never forget when I was doing um, my undergrad and missions, uh, the professor made us watch a video about a Muslim apologist. So this is a guy who defends the Muslim faith and him debating a Christian who did not do a very good job. Wow. And I remember sitting there and he goes, I think it's important you'll learn this because you will never be able to really be solidified in your belief if you don't know how to defend your faith against someone else who knows exactly what they believe. And he made us watch these videos. And I remember listening to these videos at 20 years old going, oh my gosh. It's challenging, yes. Are these guys right and we're wrong? Like it's, yeah. it was, it was no, challenging. Yeah. I know what God had done in my life, but I questioned everything. But what it did is it solidified my faith because now I was able to go, I've looked at it through multiple sides. Yeah. So I get it. You're pro-life. You're all about it. Do you have the why of why somebody who would be a Christian would would be a pro-choice person? Do you understand that? Even if you don't agree with it, know their argument. Look outside of your bias, stretch your mind, keep your mind sharp. It's so crucial. Have conversations. Have sure. conversations. Very vital and important. 
And then the last thing is this, is am I intentionally practicing what I'm learning? So am I learning? Am I intentionally learning? Am I intentionally learning something outside my bias? And am I intentionally practicing what I'm learning? And I think this is a great example of one, this is where like taking your time through things. I uh, I remember a leader said, he's like, I was challenged because I was reading a book on uh, on Audible on how to slow down at 1.5 speed. <laughs> um, so at 1.5 speed, I'm reading a book on yeah. how to slow down. And, um, and it's just like, obviously it's funny and he was yeah. making a joke of it, but it's true is that we're blowing past content, not just the fun, you know, binging out on a streaming service or social media, but like genuinely, like people are spending time on good content, but they're passing it by so quickly that they can't, they can't actually capture it enough to apply it. So I think just really practically, like, uh, it's a, it's a phrase that I, um, mentioned during the middle of COVID as our church is like, you got to slow down so that you can eventually go faster. Very good. And so what are some of those baselines? And that might be different for each of us. You know, um, I'm, I'm about to go into the teenage years of parenting. So I've, I've probably read more in this. I was telling my wife this the other day is like, I've read every leadership book. I've read very minimal parenting books. Right. So I'm going into a season. This is a seasonal thing where I want to retain more information that I practically apply on raising sons who are about to be teenagers. It's a big deal. Um, it's a huge deal. And so um, I think knowing your season, knowing, again, we've said it throughout these this whole season, what's the lowest hole on the bucket? And that's the, that is the hole that I need to address right now. I, so whatever that is, if it's, if it's yep. theological, if it's uh, emotional, if it's whatever it is, like, but actually take some time, learn some stuff, yep. apply it so that it becomes a, a habit. So it becomes information that you don't only just hear, but that you begin to apply. Closing thought. I remember we had a, a guy come and speak to our staff and uh, he was great. He was kind of a little full of himself. And I remember he came in and he said this statement and he's like, man, I read a book every day or two. Yeah. And I remember my wife and I sitting there like, what? <laughs> like I'm, I'm good for a book a month, maybe <laughs> book every two months, maybe four a year. Let me be real. Yeah. And I remember sitting there and he's like, oh no, no, no. I'm reading a book every two days. I'm doing this stuff. I'll blow through it. I've read. And you know, it's like, it was like February and he's like, I've read 12 books this year or whatever. I mean, it was so, so something stupid. Yeah. And whatever, a few months later, it comes out that his staff was all ran dry, you know, ran ragged, abusing yeah. people, had fares, stole money. Yeah. His life was a wreck. Yeah. And I thought, wow, you absorbed, you absorbed everything and used none of it. Wow. Because I promise you, none of those books told him to run your, your staff ragged, wow. cheat on your wife, steal money. Yeah, and and I'm not trying to shame this guy, but I'm trying to go. Listen, the mark of a great leader is not how many books you read; it's how many books you apply. So good, like apply it to your life. Yeah. That will keep you mentally healthy. So good, you can do this. You are made for more. You will be a great, healthy leader when you are mentally healthy. We'll see you next week.